who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. And if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You're entering week three of the quarantine and it's going okay. We have very flexible scheduling, but um, and limited expectations each day. But the expectations we do have are very clear and according to our values. And I talked about that two episodes ago in the how I feel about the coronavirus from Corona. <laughs> and uh, it's going okay. It's going okay. There are definitely hard, hard things that we encounter every single day. And there are times where I'm just like, let this be done. But we're doing it. We're doing it one day at a time. I'm seeking to really model for my kids how to endure a challenging season. And they pick up on my vibration. So the better that I can handle this, the better they're going to be able to be successful as well. I wanted to bring on my friend, Sari Payne, today. Sari is a life coach. She life coaches at Organized Life. And she and I are going to chat about what the quarantine looks like for her and her family, how she's helping her clients through this. And um, I'm also going to give you an update from my husband's cousin, who's a pediatrician, um, with what she recommends for the coronavirus. So let's get to my conversation with Sari Payne. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Siri Payne today. Hi, Siri. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, so a little disclaimer, there may be more noise in the background today given the nature of where we're at. My kids are home. It is pouring rain outside. I'm in California. Where are you? I'm in Utah, and it's not yet, but fingers crossed I get a good workout outside before the rain starts. Yeah, you guys, after your winter, definitely deserve some good weather for sure. We had beautiful weather yesterday, and then it's pouring today, but we need that. So it's all good. Well, I'm really excited to chat with you today. I know a lot of moms are posting online and talking with their friends all about how each other are handling the quarantine and being instant homeschool moms. and It just feels like a lot dumped on our plate at once. How did you feel about hearing the news that your kids were going to be home? Um, I was a little excited and a little worried and like all of the gamut. Luckily for me, my kids are a little bit older. They're 14, 16, and 17. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just a little bit more of how to keep them entertained and keep them from keeping my kitchen a mess because that's like about the age. They're all girls, so it's kind of like – in the kitchen, creating new recipes, baking cakes and all of that. But because I have, um, I haven't specifically homeschooled, but I've been in the homeschool world and I have taught homeschool children. And so I guess for me, there was just a little bit of, I've done this before I've experienced it a little bit. So that allowed me to feel less crazy, I guess, than probably most people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the memes are really what's keeping me going right now. And there's a funny one that was like day two of the quarantine, all my food storage and snacks are gone. Like, now what? Like, when it's all in yeah. front of you, it is hard to hold back, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like we're in quarantine, so let's eat all the sugar, right? Oh, <laughs> and gosh. bake all the breads. and <laughs> Totally. Well, because this epidemic, pandemic, is rapidly evolving, I did have a pediatrician on last week talking about her recommendations for COVID-19, things like that. But um, I re- just received a text from 
um, a family member that is a pediatrician as well. So I just wanted to quickly give a recent update on what she recommends um, in terms of uh, COVID-19 spread and prevention and things, and then we'll move on to kind of the logistics of what our day-to-day is looking like. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so she, as a pediatrician, really emphasizes social distancing, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about social distancing, and because there's not clear guidelines and rules in place, people are kind of self-interpreting, and some people are going you know, super strict in self-quarantining, which obviously means no germs are being passed. So that's like best case scenario. But then at the same time, that feels unrealistic for some people that are like going nuts, you know, and then they're going to the beach in groups and you're just like, uh, not great either. So she said um, that one of her uh, pediatrician friends kind of reworked the term uh, social distancing to distant socializing. And I loved that because she's like, you don't have to stop interaction between people. You don't need to feel so deprived. It's kind of like when we think of things in terms of like dieting, like I can't eat this. I can't do this. No, 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 no. What if we could just see like, okay, I'm going to socialize differently, distantly, and I have to be a little more creative. What do you think about that? No, I absolutely love that because I tell people as you use the analogy of dieting is instead of saying that I can, it's like I choose not to. Mm. So like I'm choosing not to be face to face with these people because I want to stay healthier or, you know, help flatten the curve is the big, you know, term that everyone's using right now. But yeah, I love it. Yeah. Just because it allows our brain to like, yes, you have permission to socialize. It may look a little bit differently, but it's still available to you. Yeah. This is such a precious, precious time of doing just that flattening the curve and not letting it spread too rampantly too fast and that's what's going to save our healthcare system and ultimately yeah help the survival rate and everything but it just financially is so devastating the longer this goes on so I feel for people that like they have the opinion of like let's just get this over with right but she says um no play dates outside of your family no playgrounds I see a lot of people still doing playgrounds and you think well it's outside whatever she says that germs, the COVID-19 germs can live for two to three days on plastic. Wow. So, I hadn't heard. I had wondered and no one, I, yes. I don't do a ton of research. I kind of stay away from a lot of that. So that is something I wondered is like, how long does it really stay on the surfaces? Exactly. And yeah, those playgrounds are kind of grossing me out right now. Like, again, I said, my kids are older, so it's easy for me to be like, ew, yuck. But if I had a six-year-old, I might be looking at those plastic playgrounds totally differently right now as far as like, go play. Yes, absolutely. And even when you show up to a playground and it's empty and you think, oh, that's safe because there's nobody there and I'm social distancing. If somebody was there earlier in the day and had their germs on it, it's still there. So avoiding playgrounds right now, I don't think that will be forever, especially when we like, you know, get this more under control. There'll be like looser boundaries and whatnot, but avoiding playgrounds um, is really important, especially if there's other people. Um, But just keeping in mind the people that you want to protect um, will keep you indoors. And when you think about you going out to the grocery store and what you touch, and then everybody that touched those things held the pen to sign for your check, you know, things like that. It's like every one fewer interaction you have with the outside world helps exponentially. So we just got to do our best. It's not going to be perfect, but if we can all make a really concerted effort – I think it's going to make a difference. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And nobody wants to be doing this till fall. Do we, Siri? <laughs> no, but I'm kind of 
I've been saying, like, the sooner we all just jump on board and do it, the sooner we can be done with it. Yes. So that's what I'm hoping is that and I not I'm a rule follower. So I would like those guidelines to be like, do this, this and this. Yes. And I would like everyone in the United States or, you know, whoever is affected to just really do it at the same time. And then I, my thought is then we'll be over it faster. But I'm, until the last state's pretty strict with their quarantine, that would be my opinion, that we're going to have a, like another two weeks past that or however long they deem is the safe time but yeah. until we get everyone quarantined in a specific way we're just I think we're just going to keep doing this but I, I that's agree. just me and I don't watch the news so that's just my thoughts yeah <laughs> I, I agree and there was a press conference from it might be the mayor of Chicago or something yesterday who said we will know this quarantine worked if we feel like after the quarantine is done we say oh well that wasn't so bad and that was a really interesting thought because it's like it's going to seem like we did it for nothing if it's effective because we're able to really slow the spread and it's not going to seem like near the madness um, once it really starts coming through the U.S. as it already started. But um, it's kind of counterintuitive because it's like you want to see something dramatic from our sacrifices, but really we're going to see way less drama if our sacrifices are working. <laughs> Right. And right now, all we're seeing is the dramatics of the science world yes. being able to produce tests quicker and faster. And we have more. So, of course, we're seeing the dramatic numbers increase. And we're going, okay, what are we doing this for? Because <laughs> we're forgetting, like, they're doing their drama, too, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're working hours on end to get us testing and to get us, you know, the testing quicker. So, of course, our numbers are going to rise, yes. which is causing fear but it's because they're doing their part too yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing exactly exactly and I think we all just do our part this is this is all gonna be okay it's all gonna be fine hey everyone we're about to jump in and talk about what our quarantine life looks like for both Siri and I but I wanted to think a show sponsor and that is Penguin Random House and they've introduced me to a new book that I am loving for my kids this is the very first picture book by the Dalai Lama and it's called the seed of compassion there has never been a more important time to show compassion. And in this book, with simple, powerful text and vibrant illustrations by debut talent, Bao Lu. The Seed of Compassion offers guidance and encouragement on how we might all bring more kindness to our world and show how like a seed with time and care, it might grow into something bigger than we could have ever imagined. I am loving reading with my children during this quarantine time. And if you're like me, my libraries are closed and we're kind of limited on going through our books, right? I highly recommend you pick up this Seed of Compassion because it is such a great jumping off point for more conversations with your kids. And this message from the Dalai Lama, who's been inspiring adults for decades, now he's speaking to the youth, and I love that. So celebrate the inspiring message behind the seed of compassion and share how you're changing the world through kindness using hashtag the seed of compassion. Order your copy of the seed of compassion today and let me know what you think. All right, let's keep going with Siri. I love that you have older kids. I have younger kids. My three boys are 10 and under. So um, I love that we can have this conversation. Again, it's going to look differently for each of our families. But I'm really excited about this chat to hear like kind of what you're doing and what you've learned from the homeschool community and teaching in general that can kind of help parents who feel ill-equipped at this time to suddenly be their child's teacher and be multiple grades teacher, right? We're going, sure, we're yeah. going little house on the prairie here. <laughs> Awesome. And grinding the weed even. Exactly. So <laughs> True so, story. We did that. So. Oh my gosh. So tell me about your background, Siri, and kind of how you're approaching this. 
So I think you had mentioned that I have taught school. So I did teach special education. And while I was teaching, I did pursue a master's degree in education. I did receive that when my kid, my, my, I was pregnant with my second child and my husband was in PA school. And so we had three kids in three different years and three different states. (laughs) So that's kind of like, we were, we were crazy busy. We've married 21 years, but those first 16 years of life, my husband, and we moved 18 times because my husband was just working on expanding his career and moving up the corporate ladder. And so it's when my baby started kindergarten that I decided to take a part-time job teaching and it was a really amazing opportunity I'm glad that I said yes to it because before that I used to say I was a retired school teacher I didn't really think I would go back into the education setting but this teaching position was actually like golden in my life it really taught me a lot about my motherhood about myself about goals desires I really learned about a lot about my limitations and capabilities and so then this is kind of where we tie it into us as I taught school for nine years but these last five years I taught online school to the homeschool population in my local district and it was during that time that I became a certified life coach so I was balancing both my teaching from home and working on my life coaching business and so now um just this past year I quit teaching school so that I could be able to be available full-time in my coaching practice Oh, that's amazing. Well, and I really think that each job we have, life experiences, all those are just kind of stepping stones to that next right thing, right? And so for people that feel like, oh, it's not the right season to work or whatever, like you can still be building your skills to prepare you and living life and and gaining experience so that when the next season comes, you aren't just sitting idly by, right? You're developing skills. You're, you know... That, that life experience is invaluable. The learning you can do in the midst of a season where you are at home with littles and things like that can really prepare you for that next step. For sure. In fact, that was, um, I kept, as I said, I said I was always a retired school teacher. I didn't think I'd go back in, but through all those moves, I kept my certification up and transferred it to the next state. And so it was a lot of work, but I just didn't want to let that work go by the wayside or all of that certification. And I just wanted to always allow myself to keep growing in different ways, even though at the time I didn't think I was going to use a teaching certification, but obviously the thing, the job that fell into my lap wouldn't have been an opportunity had I not kept my certification for me to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've seen a lot of talk around the internet about, you know, helping our little kids, you know, with their schooling and everything and organizing and color coded charts and everything. How does it look for your teenage home? What is, what is this time looking like for you guys? Well, I think this can really look the same way for both homes in this way. And what I am approaching the homeschool, like the feeling, the scheduling is just from the feeling that I want to have in my home and from the results that I want to have for myself and for my family. So rather than trying to make it look a certain way in the color-coded charts and comparing it to the homeschool schedule and the the house of what my neighbors are doing and even all those fun social media moms that are really being these rock stars during this time, instead of comparing it to that or even to the traditional school system, how that may look, because what I have noticed that many of my clients, they're very worried about these expectations that they're putting themselves on that like school should be from eight to three. Mm-hmm. And even in like a traditional school setting, instructional time is only about four hours and that's like whole group instruction you know with like 28 to 30 kids in the classroom so it's going to be a lot shorter because 
is we're actually doing more of this one-on-one with our child. And then, of course, the rest of a traditional school day, there's social time and recess and lunch and all those extracurriculars. So for us, with my kids being older, but even for you with younger kids during this time, just remember we aren't really trying to mimic that traditional school experience. We're just trying to keep life going as best as we can. And honestly, like no one is placing any expectations on ourselves anymore than doing our best unless we, of course, are unrealistically placing that on ourselves. Yeah, I love that idea of reverse engineering the result you want and then going backwards and how are you going to achieve that result, right? And so ultimately, I want a peaceful, happy home that feels somewhat normal within my four walls. That's what I want, right? And of course, I don't want them to fall behind in their education. I don't want them to whatever. But like nothing so catastrophic is going to happen and even if it's six months, you know, even if they don't go back till fall, which is what California is saying right now, perhaps, it's going to be okay. And everybody's in the same boat. So just doing what you can is going to help. And I think reading and writing are two of the best tools that we have to offer our kids, regardless of their ages, because they're, they're building, they're learning, they are furthering the development of those lifelong skills, things like that. And, and it can be fun, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And just remember, like, this time will pass, right? It's yeah. not going to last forever, as you mentioned. And as you said, it's not our role to make sure they pass the entire fourth grade curriculum or whatever in the next week, like eight weeks. Uh-huh. So nothing will have gone wrong if your child misses assignment or doesn't understand a concept completely. And also, there's just many resources that if you want to know how to teach your child something, there's a way to learn that. There's even complete online programs that you can purchase that will teach your child and all you have to do is make sure that they can log in and you can just literally walk away and if they're able to you know navigate a mouse and click you know if they have that tactile skill then they can do it on their own also during this time of uncertainty again and just ask yourself what do you want to accomplish with your family during this time and as you mentioned that feeling that you want to have so do you want it to feel fun and productive or centered and connected or do you want it to be stressed and busy and feel <laughs> inadequate and overwhelmed so for us just watching our thoughts to make sure that they support those feelings that you want to feel about how our life is changing Yeah, I love that. And going back to the distant socializing ideas, I've seen so many people using Zoom or other FaceTime, other technology in order to connect not only just with family members, but with classmates and with their teachers, right? Um, Ashley Rose Reeves posted that her son had recently started a comic book club at school, which is so darling, and he was super bummed to have that stop. And that can be really disruptive for a child to feel like, I got shorted. Like my son just started the track team at school and he's like, I really miss doing that. And so we're trying to replicate that at home as best as possible. And her son organized a Zoom call with all of the club attendees one afternoon. They're just going to do it like once a week or whatever. How great is that? That is the best. Yes. And I've heard of women even doing book clubs that way right now as well. Right. Exactly. So be creative. Um, Writing letters. That's another way to easily incorporate and sneak in. Having your kids write. (laughs) Practice correct (laughs) letter form if you want, if they're at that level, whatever. But then brighten someone's day with an actual piece of snail mail. Yes, absolutely. I love that idea. Yeah, so, so good. So there's lots of creative ways that you can extend their learning and everything and taking the opportunity to, to teach things that you wouldn't normally have time to cover or just building life skills, things like that. Are you doing any life skill type things with your kids now that you have them at home more? 
Yeah, so we're just doing a lot of different things. I actually created um, a little like PDF to, it's like service, I call it like quarantine approved service activities that we can do with our children that also really reinforce the academic learning. And so cooking is a big one, right? Because if you're doubling recipes, you have math. If you're reading recipes and understanding it, you have comprehension, you know, reading comprehension. Um, I even went as far as like creating recipes from other countries so that they could go in and research and do some history about what what's big and what's yummy and what's normal at other countries. Or even you can bring in some genealogy and family family recipes and pass them down. So there are a lot of, and later on we can talk about this at the end if we have time, but there are a lot of things that we can be doing that allow life skills, social skills, and really academic skills. Because I really am about efficiency and kind of killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, and bringing them into what we're already doing. Because I think for moms especially that have had some free hours during the day to accomplish things or, you know, maybe they're they're working from home right now because they have, you know, usually go to an office and now they're home. That has to be so terribly challenging trying to to juggle having kids at home, entertaining them, homeschooling them, those high expectations we're setting for ourselves and accomplishing what you need to do for your career. That's really really hard. But you can also find a great new normal if you allow to bring yourself or bring your kids in on the things that you can. So if you're vacuuming or you're cleaning the toilet, that's a great time to train them to do it with you, right? And um, like you said, cooking involves math, things like that, playing a game. But uh, yeah, I really sympathize for people that need to keep up their normal as much as possible that are doing this in a new context at home. Right, and I just really encourage my clients because many of them are mompreneurs. That's kind of my target audience anyways. And so they are, maybe their kids were at school or their kids were at daycare, so they weren't necessarily around all the time, but now, of course, they are. And I just remind them to just really focus on the top three things that they want to get done in their business and then just really intentionally sneak those in in the pockets of time. So even the business isn't going to look maybe the same as like school was, right, because we're homeschooling. So maybe if you had six to eight hours where you were working on your business, that might not be possible anymore, but really what are the two or three things that you could do every day to move the needle forward and just like, again, just stay ahead of life and just kind of stay where you need to be. Cause that's really the only expectations we have. It's just making, and just making sure we're where we want to be or where we need to be at the end of all this. So it doesn't maybe look like six hours of work, but what are the three most impactful things you can do? Yeah. And last week talking to the pediatrician, um, Dr. Mary Wild, she talked about how it's especially disconcerting right now. Cause we don't know if we're preparing for a sprint or a marathon right? We're given new information every day and the timeline's getting longer and we're not sure how long these restrictions are going to be put on us. And so it legitimately is hard to prepare. So for a a small business owner where they're feeling the weight of the world right now, they feel like if they are not burning the midnight oil and, you know, working those six to 10 productive hours a day, even with their kids home, that it's going to be ruined. But I love what you're saying, like focusing on, you know, your top three things each day and knowing, okay, I did what I could do today and and preparing, I think, for more of a marathon versus the sprint, right? If it's a snow day, you're preparing for your sprint, right? You're like, okay, we can do this, but this is, this is not that. Hey everyone, I want to thank another show sponsor that makes this podcast possible and it is Magic Spoon. I don't know about you, but my kids are getting tired of eating the same things every morning for breakfast, day after day, and they're like, they want the good stuff, right? And by good stuff, they mean sugar cereal. 
but I don't wanna give them sugar cereal all the time. And that's why Magic Spoon has totally saved my bacon because their cereals have zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. They have four flavors that are similar to a lot of their favorite sugary cereals. Cocoa flavored, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. They taste amazing, and honestly, it's too good to be true with all the health benefits. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh-huh. My kids love the cocoa flavor. That is their absolute favorite. And you know what? I don't mind if they eat it every morning because I know they are getting good, nutritious stuff in there, and they're saying, thank you, Mom. So go to magicspoon.com EMP to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code EMP at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident that you will love their cereals, and it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash EMP, and use promo code EMP for free shipping. Thank you so much to Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. Now let's keep on going with Siri. So what would you say? I'm a former teacher as well. I taught elementary school. And so for you and I... I think we feel a little bit more equipped to handle this, um, having our kids home for extended periods of time, educating them, finding the resources, vetting the resources, things like that. But for what would you say to freaked out moms right now that don't have the education background, who are pinning on Pinterest like crazy, who are being inundated with links and resources? I mean, these resources are unbelievable. The free resources, museum tours, zoo tours. I mean, this is so cool. This is so cool what we have access to. And it's also terrifying because we feel like we don't have time to fit it all in or what should we fit in. What would you say to that freaked out mom? Yeah, again, just like kind of how I said, it's not really our job to make sure they pass that whole curriculum in the time that we have. Um, I know I do work with several different clients in different states. So some states are providing some online curriculum. Some some are having them meet face-to-face with their teachers. Some are giving assignments. And then there are some that just said, I don't know, like have a good quarantine. I don't know exactly what, but they don't have online assignments and they're not working with their teachers. That may change as this lasts a little bit longer. You know, I think the school education system is going to need to be, or probably will decide to be more responsible to providing parents with that. But what, like, again, what I would say is just notice that you, what do you just want your child to feel during this time? And sometimes education is I mean, always, right? It's super important. But maybe it just might be feelings of peace and being a little bit safe and feeling like loved or just what is it that you want your child to feel during this time? Because that's probably the most important thing because you want them to look back at this time as a good memory, like that time that I was able to learn and that time that I was able to grow. And so as you as you did mention, like bringing in those life skills that we're already doing, bringing in letter addressing, bringing in writing, writing and curriculum. And just, you know, even if you just said we're having a 30 minute time where everyone reads and if it's just a picture book or a book that's being read to a young kid versus your older kid that can read on their own it's just making sure that they are just staying in their academic element for a little bit of time each day just so they get that that normal routine that they're craving it's not necessarily to pass a certain grade Mm. I really yeah I love that outlook Um, and putting less pressure on yeah what they actually achieve education wise and just knowing that a lot of kids respond so much better to schedules and routine, especially just predictability, right? And so we're doing an hour in the morning of education, an hour in the afternoon, and then some reading throughout the rest of the day. And we kind of alternate, like you're in charge of what's going on right now, I'm in charge of what's going on right now. You're in charge, I'm in charge. You're t- and, and just that flip-flop, 
that that structure alone and it's not a matter of okay it's 10 o'clock we need to do this oh it's not 11 yet we got to keep going it's like just a little bit more flexible and it's working really well and then last friday i was exhausted and we just kind of took a took the day and we were way more flexible and we played some games and we watched some shows and it's all fine it's all fine three-day weekends during the quarantine you get to decide <laughs> right and i think that flexibility that you said is the key there are a lot of schedules online and i saw a cute little influencer mom online and it was so cute she had made a schedule and like every 30 minutes they were going to do something and she showed it and she was really proud of it and then the very next day she came on and said all right we're already two and a half hours behind on our schedule today. <laughs> and so that's what I, and what I told her, she's a, a one that I get to, you know, I, I talk with her and we're friends, but what I told her is maybe that 30 minute increment, it might work for some people, but most people, how about just being really fluid? Like one person just said no electronics before noon. Yeah. So the kids kind of got yes. to do what they needed to do for school. But then that was pretty much their only schedule. Like do your chore, do, you know, the reading. But then, so it didn't matter how or when, but they just knew it needed to get done before noon. And then electronics would be something that they could have afterwards. Or like you said, an hour in the morning and then just give them free time and downtime and ability to just think through their feelings and thoughts. And then maybe some structure in the afternoon too and not try to be like every 30 minutes from eight to three. Cause then you are going to feel behind and overwhelmed when, like you said, it's 10 o'clock and you're done and it's not, or it's usually the opposite. It's 10 o'clock and you haven't started nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. And then do you want to get back into that hustle of hurry up? You got to get ready. We got to do this. We got, you know, and that mom that's trying to get their kids ready for school. Like that's the mom I don't miss. I'm excited that we can kind of let that go. And so I want my schedule to mimic the parts of me that are excited about this, and that is letting go of the rigorous of the schedule. I think it's important to have to keep you on track, mm. but not to like really control you. Yeah. I think what is so special about this time is the opportunity to teach some of these things and connect in ways that we just literally never had time for before. And now we literally only have time. And so like <laughs> what you're saying, emotion education, right? So you could... It's, your kids watching you process a challenging time is just as valuable as you sitting there working through the multiplication facts, right? And and actually having conversations with your kids. What do you think about what's going on right now? What do you know? How do you feel? Things like that. And having those deep conversations and like, well, what can we what can we do about that? And and how can we make today a great day, even when you're missing your friends or even when comic book club isn't happening? What can we do? You know, and so those types of conversations, they tend to go by the wayside in our normal day to day life. And this is not a normal time. And we can kind of celebrate that a little bit. I think that's totally fine. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Do lots of celebrating and asking lots of good questions. Yeah, absolutely. So for you, there's going to be days where it goes great, or at least like a majority of the day goes great. And, you know, you're accomplishing your top three and your, your home is mostly feeling the way you want it to feel. And then there's going to be days where as a mom, you feel depleted. You feel worried. You feel scared. You feel like out, so out of control by the news. Maybe you've taken on too much news that day, right? How do you handle, I know you say you're not consuming that much news, which I think is a, is a great point in and of itself, being really mindful of what you're consuming at this time um, and when you're consuming it and things like that. But how do you kind of handle those kind of more off days for you? Because inevitably it's going to impact our kids. Um, I think that during this time is just kind of remembering to take care of ourselves as well. I know self-care is a big buzzword, but I kind of want to just – 
coin it in a little bit of a different fashion. I did read a really cute meme that said that during this time, self-care looks like taking the batteries out of a toy that makes noise. <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. But most often, self-care, no matter how it looks like for you, it's the concept of just recharging you, making sure you feel just like less stressed and doing things that bring you peace and doing things that maybe make you feel relaxed. So although during this time, we may not have a schedule that works really well or we, you know, we don't feel like we hit the mark on the day or we're not alone very often because our kids are around, we can ask ourselves and even involve the kids, but what can I do to promote that feeling of peace, of less stress, and bring about a sense of like being recharged? So that might be doing some of the same activities that we've done every day all the time, but maybe we viewed them as chores or we termed them as like mom must do's. But if we look at them with a different set of thoughts and a different set of awarenesses. So for example, like rocking the baby, that may have been something you just thought it had to be done or it's a mom must do. But during this time, if you're thinking about it in a different set of awareness, you might be focusing on how it's more quiet and it's more calm during that time or cooking you know that may have been something you felt as like a chore that you must do as a mom but what if you're a little more creative in the kitchen or turn on some music and dance a little bit with your kids does that bring about a feeling of lightness and happiness and does it allow you to feel less relaxed or more relaxed, sorry, we want to feel more relaxed. <laughs> and then cooking dinner, the same kind of thing. If you had a different set of thoughts around it or a different awareness, it may be that you can bring in a little bit of peace knowing like, I have food to cook. I have a family that's healthy enough to eat this. And so just noticing that we have extra sleep right now, be most of us, right? Because we're not getting up in the hustle and bustle of the school schedule. And so just enjoying that time to sleep in a little bit, that could be a form of just noticing like my day isn't maybe as going as I as planned, but there are some things that about it that I really enjoy. Another one is maybe just taking the time to sit around the breakfast table with our children, which isn't something I did in the past because I was busy, you know, shuffling the kids around and making sure that they're doing what they need to do to get ready for school. What if you actually took the time to sit around at the breakfast table and played a little would you rather game and just be very grateful that the morning is less rushed and that you have time to intentionally connect with your kids. So just noticing that self-care is the feeling that you're after. So ask yourself, how can you experience those feelings now, even when life looks a little bit differently? So when your schedule didn't go as planned or you didn't feel like you hit the mark, just notice what did go di what did go well that day and where did you get those feelings that you're looking for that we in the past have termed as like those self-care feelings. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And again, it's that reverse engineering. I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel patient. What needs to happen before that to feel that feeling, right? And we exactly. can do that with anything. But I'm thinking about, we're kind of speaking from a place of privilege, right? We are speaking from a place where our jobs are not utterly disrupted because our kids are home. I, I suppose I'm assuming, but that you have enough food to eat, you have money to sustain what you need in these next few months. There are going to be people listening that are that are afraid. They are literally afraid for what's going on right now, and they are unsure if their business can survive this. They have been laid off or hours reduced or whatever it is. They have special needs kids at home who they feel ill-equipped to handle all day long with their siblings, right? What would you say to those moms that that are facing that? The first thing I want to say is I'm sorry. Like, I really – I'm so sorry that 
that we are having to deal with this as a society because if it's not maybe affecting us personally there's probably a friend or a family member that it is and our you know our hearts and our emotions are just are for you know so sad for them but what I do want to allow them to focus on is just that those feelings that that brings probably a lot of anxiety just don't try to talk yourself out of that anxiety or even your children's anxiety and just feel those emotions allow yourself and your children to feel all of these feelings and don't really try to stuff them away or resist them it's just important that we know that they're there and it, it they could be they're a reality in our life right now and then just kind of accept them and allow them to be there so that then we're not constantly a lot of times when we're resisting and pushing aside our emotions we're on edge or we're angrier or you know we just don't really know how to handle them and also like we don't know what's going through the minds of our of our children so when we say oh it will be okay or or it don't stop worrying it's going to be fine and just think if our own mom was saying that to us that we've just been laid off like that re that's not really reassuring because often we don't really know what they are thinking so when we say that to our child or like maybe a friend or a neighbor says that to you they don't really even know what they are saying will be okay hmm. So just, yeah, just notice that, like, just feel the emotions, allow the kids to just have them. Cause like, again, we don't know what's going through their minds. We don't know if they're scared about the pandemic and that you might be dying. Or again, the comic club is being canceled. They may show up in the same vein of sadness or the same, you know, anger or mad. And it could be for the, you know, two very different reasons. So the best thing that we can do for our children, and their emotions, and same thing for us is just recognize we're thinking something that's causing us to feel pain. And so if we are laid off, that is the circumstance that may be making us feel a little bit unsure and uncertain and sad, but then what are we thinking, right? We're going to that doomsday thinking that, oh, then this means that's going to happen and this is going to happen and this, you know, like, and we just mm -hmm. keep going down and it's cycle down that snowball. So just recognize we're thinking a thought that's causing us to feel pain, reminding ourselves it's not our job to fix it, either for ourselves or for our kids. There's not a whole lot we can do right now to fix or solve some of these problems. Just allow the emotions to be there and just know that they're going to come up during this time. And then for us, just be understanding for our children, just to show up in love and kindness, and even for ourselves. Like, don't be beating ourselves up. If you were a better worker, if you did this, or if you did that right, this wouldn't be happening. Like, just make sure we're talking kindly to ourselves and to our children. And then the last thing is just be very aware that emotions are contagious. Mm. So when we are scared, if we're overwhelmed and and uncertain, we might act out in a certain way or be less patient. And when we start to show up differently, our kids will sense that. And then most often they will mirror or react those emotions. And again, they may mirror and react them differently, but their emotions are going to be heightened in the way that they react to anger and sad and mad. And then we're going to get mad that they're, you know, not listening to you or whatever. And it's not that they're not listening to you. It's just they're mirroring and reacting to our emotions. Mm -hmm. So if we can just kind of really monitor our thinking and be aware of our thoughts and our worries and our overwhelm and allow that to not be brought into our parenting as much as possible. I think we will be able to feel more feelings of peace and memories during this time than all of the scared and overwhelm. Hey everyone, one last podcast sponsor to tell you about and that is Pink Eye Relief. When my kids get pink eye, it is such a bummer because not only do we have to quarantine in our home, in normal quarantine circumstances, but we also have to go to the doctor to get those liquid gold drops that cost arm and a leg, right? And we know how difficult that can be to also to administer the eye drops. So the relief products have a safe and effective solution 
their pink eye relief eye drops and new PM ointment are made with 100% natural active ingredients that are safe for children ages two and up. So no stinging or fussing during application and just soothing relief for common eye irritation like redness, burning, watery, swelling, and more. Plus, did you know that these pink eye relief drops earned the 2020 Women's Choice Award as America's most recommended pink eye care? So stay healthy naturally with pink eye relief from the relief products. Available at Walgreens, and you can visit www.thereliefproducts.com today and enter promo code PODCAST at checkout for 50% off on your order today. This offer expires on June 1st, and I would love for you to have this in your medicine cabinet for any time you might need it in a pinch. So thank you so much to The Relief Products for sponsoring the show. Now let's finish up with Siri. And for all the circumstances that we cannot control right now, we can be aware of and control our emotions, right? And so again, we're not trying to stuff the negative emotions. You're totally allowed to feel them. Your kids are. You're allowed to work through them. And and you can also recognize that right the second, you're okay. Your kids are okay. We're okay. We can feel happy. And then how can we feel peace and then promote that more if that's what you're after, right? And so even when no circumstances are different, I'm thinking about um, Tara Jones. I don't know if you're aware of Indy Lou online. She has Down syndrome and she's fighting cancer right now. Yes. They have literally, I mean, two months ago, Lindy... Indy was on ECMO and was fighting every second for her life. She walked a third of a mile yesterday pushing her grocery cart. They could not have predicted that outcome any more than any one of us could predict what's going to happen at the end of this pandemic. Like that is the most unlikely outcome. No matter how much we were all praying and wishing and hoping for that positive outcome, that so far surpasses the miracle that we thought could have occurred. Right. We have no clue what is on the other side of this. We have no clue. Will there be hard things? Absolutely. Will it go up and down for the foreseeable future? Yeah, it will. And we're all going to be okay. No matter what happens, we're all going to be okay. And we're going to band together. And I think that hope and not, like you said, working too far in the future and predicting and worrying too far ahead it's, it's fruitless. So what can you do right this second to bring the feeling in that you want to have in your home? I love that. I think that's genius. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it's easier than you think. It's easier than trying to solve your money problems. It's easier than trying to find the new job, right? We're just working on cultivating that joy and that peace and that presence. That's right. It, it may seem hard, but it's actually easier than, than fixing the problem. Well, it's so much easier in the fact that how horrible and hard it is to feel the emotions of what am I going to do for my next job? How am I going to pay for my paycheck? Like those things may be, and there are a handful of people that are probably facing that right now, but for the majority of us, that's something that's going to happen or might, might not, might be a possibility. It's not that it's going to happen, but it might be a possibility in the future. But do you want to be really worrying about that today on a Tuesday about how you're going to pay your bills in July of 2020? And so just noticing again, what can you do today to enjoy today? How can you live today to be your best day? And then there will become a time that when the circumstances actually are that your bank account's zero or you do have your last toilet, you know, roll of toilet paper, (laughs) then that's when you can worry or 
take action or figure out what are you going to do with that actual circumstance. But until then, we're just creating these pretends and these hypotheticals that don't serve us and are like, again, those are just as hard as trying to just embrace the day that we have today. That's so much easier because it brings so much more peaceful feelings than worrying about hypothetical situations. Love, love that. So for me, for sure, service is one of the things that always helps me to feel better when I'm struggling. And I think that's kind of a universal. Like we feel so good when we can show up for somebody else. But it's like a super weird time because so many of the things that we were once allowed to do were not, right? Like we cannot show up for people in the same way we used to. And so you said that you came up with a list or a PDF of service ideas that are acceptable. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Quarantine approved. Yeah, so I love this idea of service. And I, too, like um, service is really what keeps me going and makes me feel fueled when I'm feeling a little uncertain or struggling. But I do want to just mention really quickly that that might not be how it is for everyone, right? Although it's you and I's preferred and it might be fairly sure. universal. Just notice that. So when you are struggling or worried or whatever, notice what helps you come out of that and then honor that and do what helps you struggle less more. So like if, if service sounds more like a to-do list and less, you know, like you would feel that ability to be outside and help other people, then don't do it. Do what is your way of getting out of your struggle. But yes, that being said, in light of the children being home from school and us trying to learn, like I said, I'm very, I, I run on efficiency and effective. So I created a list of just 10 things that we can do to be able to really focus on service, but also allow our children to hit some of those academic marks so that we're just doing two things at once. So um, I'll just, I can briefly talk about a few. I did, I mentioned cooking, which is a big one because it really does hit all the academic skills. You bring in yeast and baking soda and they can work on science and, you know, figure out why re foods are reacting a certain way. So there, you can hit every academic skill with cooking. Um, just even like cleaning out a closet. There was one thing you mentioned earlier, just about doing some of those everyday things. If you decide to clean out your pantry or clean out your closet, normally you probably wouldn't involve your little children. You'd wait for them to be going down for a nap and you would do that. But it really allows them to do like sorting. It allows them categorization, spatial awareness. So even like cleaning out your pantry or cleaning out a closet is something that you can do with your kids that are academically helping them prepare. Um, another one, my kids are fun and creative, so they like to write plays. So you can have your kid write a play or maybe even find one online and you can consider like creating the sets or creating the costumes and then you can record that play for others to see. So the academic focuses are so many, like you have your writing skills, you have memorization. If you have a struggling reader and they want to read their lines, that helps with reading fluency because they're reading the same words over and over and over again. Of course, it's bringing in teamwork and leadership. There's some home economics there if they decide to create the costumes and then there's arts and crafts for for the play set um, another thing that you could possibly do is make homemade bath bombs or sugar scrubs or homemade soap and then you could gift them to others or save them for another time but those will also focus on math and science and again with the recipes they've got some reading comprehension reading comprehension and if you want to gift them in cute little you know cute little bags then there's some arts and crafts if there's a way you want to do that and then maybe just a last one um for those of you that maybe like to be outside, you could offer for your neighbors to mow their lawn or weed or plant flowers or prune trees, or maybe even as a family plant, like a square foot garden. So that will bring in science if you want your kids to, hey, what? how do we prune this tree? How do we, is this a weed or is this a flower? So science, you have research skills. Again, reading comprehension, math, if you decide to do the square foot garden and how many, how many bushes do we need to plant, you know, tomato plants in order for us to have X amount of 
tomatoes and how many tomatoes do we need for our family? And so you could just bring in a lot of math. And of course, all of that is some physical education. So this is something that I've created. And if you would like to link it to your listeners, I would be happy to have them have access to all 10 of these quarantine and mother approved service activities. I love that so much. That is so genius. Yes. Well, for sure, link it at extraordinarymomspodcast.com because I think these are great, great ideas. I had the mowing the lawn idea too, because you know, as we're going on these walks, we're more aware of what's around us and everything. And a lot of my neighbors, their lawns are a little overgrown. So I'm like, okay, my 10 year old could totally do this. And so I was thinking like sticking a piece of paper on my neighbor's doors. And then if they, that says like, would you like me to mow your lawn? I'm a 10 year old with nothing to do. Like, I would love to mow your lawn. Like, like, check this box if you want me to mow your lawn or something. And so like, there's no interaction. And are you going to do the paper or are you going to have your 10-year-old do the paper? I would have my 10-year-old do the paper for sure. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right, get some reading skills and some oral communication. Well, I guess written communication, yes, right? And totally. Be awesome. And I've also seen great ideas where, you know, we have to really protect the elderly right now. And so sticking a piece of paper on one of your elderly neighbor's doors and saying, like leaving your phone number and check this box if you need grocery shopping or you need medicine or whatever, and they can call you. I mean, it's a great way to connect with your neighbors in a way that you've never really been required to before. And I just love that idea of people feeling seen and known in their homes when they're not actually being seen that much. But I mean, I don't know about you, but as we've been going on walks, I've just seen so many families out together as units and a lot of times it's groups that I wouldn't normally would think would prioritize that like I've seen the dad out walking the dog but I've never seen everybody out walking the dog right right it's like yes like what right. if, and, and what if this is what it's all about right and I've noticed different groups you know that maybe normally wouldn't have sat there and talked you know like a bunch of little kids and, and dogs and cats with like an elderly couple yeah. or you know like some young kids with some older teenagers and yeah. so maybe normally our paths well, we would cross and say, hey, how are you? And you'd keep on going. But because we are going back home to not a whole lot of things on our plate, they're sitting and talking for hours. I watched couples talk outside the, you know, my door yesterday as I was preparing dinner. Yeah, I think that is just so neat. And we can't underestimate the power of a little lingering interaction. Of course, six feet apart and, you know, compliant, <laughs> but like... When you're able to talk across the road and say, oh, what kind of dog do you have? Oh, great. How's it going? Do you have everything you need? It just it just can really make a difference for people that are struggling right now. And you don't know what other people have going on. So maybe that interaction with you that day changes the course of their day. You don't, you don't know. Absolutely. And I just like to believe that I do. Like me saying hi to people and yeah. smiling people could be what they needed to change their day. And then you'll be more apt and more willing and wanting to do that. I love that. Yeah, assume that they need you. Assume that yeah, you you puffed up arrogant way like my yes. smile makes everyone happy, but just like everyone loves a smile and a hello, and so just assume wow. that it's what they needed. Wow, I love that. Again, just that reframing. It's like it's the same. It's the same behavior, just reframed, and it changes you too. I love it. Love it. Sari, so, this has been so so fun talking about something that's not super fun, but. Really, when we have a positive attitude about it, and I know there have been some people that have kind of given people with a positive attitude some grief online because they feel like, oh, everyone's doing a great job. Everyone's color-coded. Everyone's so excited about this opportunity, right? I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep sharing the good. I'm going to keep highlighting how things are going well and also acknowledging anytime you're working towards a goal, 
there's going to be bumps in the road, but it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong if it's hard or if right. you're having a down day. It doesn't mean that you're getting it wrong. It doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. It just means you're still willing to work on it and yes. keep moving forward. Yeah. So I'm going to keep showing up with all the positivity and hope that this is a precious time. And I know you're going to do the same. And I hope others can adopt that mentality wherever they are in the world and spread that within their four walls, spread that to their neighbors across the street. And with every interaction, I hope you can leave people a little better than when before they interacted with you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you online, Sari? Because goodness knows people need life coaching right now. <laughs> most active over on Instagram. So just organize the life. So with an ED organized life.coach, my website is the same organized life.coach. And if Facebook is more of your thing, I'm Siri paying coaching. Cool. Awesome. Well, I always ask my guests one final question, Siri, and it's this, what would you tell your pre motherhood self? All right. I made a list because Ooh. one, it's very short, but okay. I'll tell you. So one I'm still working on, but I wish my, I'm still telling my pre-motherhood self is don't take life too seriously and laugh more. That was hard for me when I had three kids in three years, but now there's getting, a, they're getting older and teenagerish. I'm trying to laugh more. Um, I actually laughed probably during the holidays or something. So one of my kids said, mom, I've never seen you laugh before. And that kind of hurt my feelings. I was like, oh, I laugh all the time. But they are not seeing it. They're just seeing that serious mom that's constantly trying to, you know, help them get good grades and pass their driving tests and get their jobs and whatever. And I'm always just I'm so not laughing enough. Another one, just focus on love and listening more. Just connection is more important. Um, another one is clean. A clean house is amazing, but memories last longer. And so just remember like when you're really into that whole, my house is a disaster, blah, 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 blah. Just notice like sometimes if you stop and play with your kids, those memories will last longer than if the dishes got done. Um, but still focus on what you think is important. So for me, it is, I still love my clean house, but I also focus on making memories. And then just the last one is just raise humans you want to hang out with when you, when you're older. And so this of course <laughs> talks about discipline discipline, you know, how you discipline, how you show up, the learning you give, the example, and just showing again, lots of unconditional love and connection so that when they're older and you're older, they'll want to hang out with you. So you want to just be making those connections now so that you get to hang out with your, your, you know, your kids when you're older. I love that. that is, those are such great responses. I mean, it just really comes back to anything can wait, but love, love. And so if you're debating how to structure your day, if you're questioning what kind of education you should implement just lead with love right if, 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 if your kids get anything out of this time with you let it be how much you love them right? absolutely love it thanks siri this is so fun let's uh, have you come back in a time that's not quite so so crazy business but <laughs> Still, awesome. i would love it thank i would love you. it that would be so fun well thanks for taking the time and good luck and uh stay healthy hey you too thank you so much I hope that this episode was the absolute pep talk that you needed. As I was editing this a few days after recording, all the things that we just said still ring true. We're on week three of the quarantine in our house and, you know, we have our ups and downs. But as long as I'm just taking this one day at a time, I'm not finding myself getting overwhelmed. Like I literally have not felt any fear or even like the overwhelm I used to feel as summer was approaching, like how am I going to feel summer? Like I haven't felt that with this. And I think it's just because 
I don't know what it is. I actually don't even know. But I think it's because I'm taking it one day at a time and knowing that we can absolutely get through one day. We can absolutely do that. And so that's all we have to do. That's all I'm requiring of myself and my kids. One day at a time. So if anything that Sari said really rang true, if life coaching sounds like something you want to get involved in, also, she um, did include a link, which is so kind, to her quarantine-approved service projects, and I'm linking to that at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. So those 10 mother-approved, quarantine-approved service ideas, if service is something that will get you out of your funk and looking outward and being appreciative and grateful for what you do have, I think those are some great places to start. And you can definitely get creative as you are um, navigating this new normal, right? So everything at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I don't post over there, but it's there. <laughs> hey, everybody. Have a great week. You're doing a great job. You really are. And if you feel like you're not because nobody's telling you, because chances are your kids aren't telling you you're doing a great job. In fact, we had, I'm recording this um, outro on Sunday night and this morning we had home church and my second grader said, I'm going to do a talk on love and talents in our family. And I thought, oh, what a great topic. That's so sweet. And so he's listing out all these talents that every family member has in our family. And he gets to mom and he says she's thoughtful and lazy. What? Thoughtful and lazy? I mean, at least I'm thoughtful. but And so, boy, did I remind him how unlazy I am. So our kids are not always the best assessors of how you're doing. And so I allow me to applaud you. I think you're doing a great job. And you know what? We're all just doing the best we can. So anyhow, have a great week and we will see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.